blessed and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power of Performance podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? The Independent Bankers Association of New York State are doing just that. They're leaving their community banks wanting more because community banks are stronger together. And the name of our episode today, let's huddle up with John Witkowski. I've said many times on this show, I'll stop doing it when it surprises me. Stop surprising me. And this one was a really pleasant surprise because, of course, not all surprises are bad. Our state associations out there do a tremendous amount of work for the community banks. I was just looking at a post about one of these ESG uh, comments, and it's just, if you don't think banks have enough regulations and compliance and regulatory pressures, then you explain this to me. Why are there Braille reading instructions for the blind on the drive-up ATM? But not to worry, independent community banks of New York State, the president of that association, John Witkowski, is going to join us. Great conversation with him, and we're going to talk to him, and we're going to do it all right after this. For 13 years, conference-quality information without the rubber chicken dinner, the delayed flight, and without the hangover. This is the one and only Power Performance Podcast. All right, we're headed up to beautiful upstate New York. His name is John Witkowski. He's the president of the Independent Bankers Association of New York State. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is great to have you, New York. I haven't had applause in a long time. That's pretty nice. Yes, me either. I usually get the opposite of that when I start talking on the show, so believe me, it's better than the alternative. Hey, today you are the president of the Independent Bankers Association of New York State, but let's turn the time machine back a little bit. John, what was your very first job in banking? Oh, after I was done uh, playing football, I got an opportunity to work at um, Fleet Bank. And uh, my first job was actually, this is where I learned banking. I actually was in the marketing area and ran a Mm. referral program within the bank. So what my job was, was to go around to each line of business within the bank, convince them to be a part of this referral program called SCORE, which is Sales Commissions on Referrals by Employees, where employees can refer business across their business lines and receive some form of commission or payment. So right. I used to go around and introduce this program, but during that time, I mean, I didn't know anything about banking coming out of, you know, my first career. And um, it really gave me a good in- intro into a lot of the different business lines and a lot of the, uh, um, you know, the knowledge that I needed to understand what banking was all about. Okay. Well, this is the first show after Super Bowl Sunday. you got to tell us. Tell us a little bit about your football career. Oh, um, well, it was a short-lived one. I played for four years in the NFL uh, with the Detroit Lions wow. and Houston Oilers. Spent a uh, little time over in uh, the World League with the London Monarchs. Spent a year over there. 
played a little bit in Canada, played arena ball. The way I looked at it, if they were going to pay me to play the game, I was going for it. So I spent the first five years after college, oh, wow. after graduating from Columbia, um, chasing a dream, you know, going after and chasing Well, i got to tell you, 13 years, almost 800 episodes, you are the first person that ever played in the... That is awesome, okay? I got to tell you, that is awesome. I'm from Texas. I'm a Steelers fan living in Texas, but I very much remember the Houston Oilers, which are now the Tennessee Titans, Dan Pastorini, Earl Campbell. I think that's, I think that's great. But I do want to go back to the first job you had in banking just for a second. I notice a lot of times when I interview people that are the head of trade organizations, they kind of came up through the accounting ranks, if you will, the compliance and regulatory ranks. Did, did the marketing stuff, has that helped you in your current job? Oh, I think it has. You know, I was uh, an economics major coming out of college. I thought I was going to be down on Wall Street, went to school in New York City. Um, so I really had a focus on more on the number side of it, but uh, knew I'd be uh, a person that was in front of others trying to, you know, work deals. So the marketing side of it really helped me get an understanding of the banking part of it. And then, you know, when you talk about uh, – um, you know, the association, how that relates, it was much more, it was much easier for me to, to be able to talk about what was going on in the bank and, and how I could work with other banks to get them to join and become members. That's, that's interesting. And I can hear people screaming at their phones, iPads, and computers. What position did you play when you were in the NFL? <laughs> <laughs> um, I played, I was a quarterback. I was a quarterback. Awesome. So, I uh, had one NFL start. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a glamorous career, but it was a career. And uh, I spent a lot more change. time on the NFL football field than I did. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't I change it. I think that's awesome. You know. Well, listen, uh, you meet with bankers all the time. And I wanted to ask you, you know, we're sort of getting into the start of this year, getting past the New Year portion of it. What kind of vibe are you getting from the professional bankers that you speak with? Are they concerned about the future? Are they optimistic? What is your take on that? You know, I have to be honest with you. I think it's, it's a mixed bag. Um, I, I think there's a lot, of, a lot of banks are very, they're very good. A lot of community banks, they're very good at what they do. You know, they take care of their communities. They take care of their customers within their communities. So from the standpoint of, you know, having the bigger issues out there, regulatory issues, compliance issues, I think they're very comfortable in their, in their environment, if that makes any sense at all. So do they have concerns about interest rates? Do they have concerns about budget gathering? Do they have – yeah, they have concerns about all those different things, but there's just – you know, if you look at it every year, you have to be concerned about every one of those things every year. Sometimes there's just a spike into, you know, it's saying the compliance this year or new regulations or right. legislation. Sure. You know, so every year there's different spikes that people need to, to pay attention to. You know, the interest rate environment been tough, you know, and higher interest rates, you know, you might see loans pull back a little bit. You know, higher mortgage rates, you might see mm -hmm. some of those fall off. You know, so they have to work. It's kind of they have to work the menu. <laughs> they have to figure out, yeah, you know, exactly what the issues are. You know, and coming out of the yeah. pandemic yeah. again, you have to look at the portfolios that they have. You know, some people, um, you know, 
are those businesses that they banked during the time or before the pandemic, are they still vibrant? Are they still going forward? And I think a lot of community banks during that time did a wonderful job for their customers, no, small business customers. So. I've said many times on this show that the, the pandemic, specifically Easter Sunday, Easter weekend of 2020, I'm convinced, and I do not mean this as an exercise in hyperbole, John, I think community bankers and community banks, without the benefit of a YouTube video or a webinar or a conference session, figured out that PPP program and literally kept this country out of a Great Depression. Is that exaggerating it? You know, i got to be honest with Jason. I don't think that's exaggeration at all. I, if you look at, and during that time as an association leader, you know, uh, after spending 24 years in the banking industry, you know, running a bank, knowing what these people were going through, and they're back office people. I mean, you got to think, this put a lot of pressure on the back office folks at every one of these community banks. But you know what? They spent just an inordinate amount of time fixing it, making sure they got it right, making sure they took care of the community. And it didn't matter how long they were there, they did it. And they worked tirelessly to make sure that that money was, was given to their, to their customers and communities. And, and you think about it, and this is not a knock against anybody, but the big banks couldn't handle all of the customers. No, it was so what the all community-driven. Yeah. If, if, if yeah. you looked at it like a pie chart, community banks, nobody else got any pie. There might have been some crumbs left over, maybe a little piece of the crust fell out of the pie pan, but when you look at that on a pie chart, it was all driven by community banks. Now, listen, unfairly or not, most Americans, when they think of New York, they think of the city, but there's a lot more to New York State than just the city. Tell us about the great culture of banking all over New York State. Well, not to get off, but I grew up in Long Island with the school in New York City, so I know the downstate area is what they call it from here in upstate New York, and I live in Buffalo, so I know the upstate area now, and my office is in Albany, so I've covered the whole state, and I have to be honest with you, it is a night and day difference between upstate and, and downstate. It's gorgeous up here. You know, there's just beautiful lakes and parks and, you know, farmland, and, you know, even the five cities up here, the Buffalo, Albany, Rochester, Syracuse, and Binghamton, great great urban areas that do a wonderful job for their cities. And, and uh, there is a difference, but i got to be honest with you. It's, people think of New York City as being all of New York State. They should really take a trip up to the Finger Lakes region and some of the wineries and things that are up here. And the banking vibe up here is great. I mean, this is what a lot of small, older communities in upstate New York that have been around for, for centuries, you know, for a couple of centuries. And it's just, it's just an amazing place to be. No, that is a great, great way to describe it. I've been up there. I love it up there. It is beautiful up there. And if you've never been in that part of the world, I highly recommend it. You said something to me in the pre-call that in addition to never having a former NFL player on the show, this is not the question I've ever asked anybody, but it was something that you said, that you had a way of interviewing job applicants, because that's always tricky, because people can be one person in the interview and then be somebody else two weeks after they start collecting their paycheck. But you had a unique strategy for your interviews. Tell us about that. Well, when I interview people, I don't want them to be there because they – need to be there, I want them to be there because they want to be there and grow their career. So a lot of times I would sit back and say, look, if it's not working for you, if this is not something you're really interested in, I don't want to go through this process again in three or four weeks or three or four months or even a year from now. I want this to be something that you want to do. 
And in a lot of cases, you know, they would sit there and say, well, you know, yes, I really want this. Okay, well, then I want you to sit with the person who's doing the job for an hour or two and get a feel for what it is because that's what I want you to understand what the job is. And because if it doesn't work for them, again, it's not going to work for me. And if it doesn't work for me, it's not going to work for them. And uh, it's just one of those things that I thought was a, uh, an easy way of getting people to show their, their true feelings about what they were doing there. And, again, if they, if they needed a job, that's a different conversation. Let's try to find one that fits your skill set. If you want a job and you want to learn and you want to grow in your career, that's the kind of person that you want to have on your team. And uh, I really, you know, a lot of times I really took the time to do that to make sure that it was a good conversation. And, you know, it's the same thing when you do, when you're working with people, Jason, you know that it's, if you feel like there's a good relationship there and you have a good, you know, uh, you know, a good opening vibe that's honest and you can have an honest discussion about it, then you want to work with those people. And that's kind of what right. I wanted to model as, as an environment. Yep. I think that's, I thought that was just very, very interesting when we talked about it in the setup. I tell people, you know, there's a, there's a small bank here in South Texas that you've never heard of. They just celebrated 100 years as the same brand. It can be a good and at times lucrative career. If you had all the young bankers in New York State and elsewhere in one room that were thinking about making this banking life a career, what would your advice be? What would be your best advice? You've got them in the huddle. What are you going to tell them? <laughs> you know, the, the one thing that I've always said, and I have, uh, you know, I say it to my own kids, sometimes you learn more about what you don't want to do than you do find out what you do want to do. In other words, you have to go through trials and tribulations, and you have to figure out, you know, really what doesn't fit your your skill set or what doesn't fit, what you don't feel comfortable with. And, uh, you know, the only thing I would say to, to, to young people is that, look, community banking in the banking world, it, it's, a, it's a great spot. It's a great opportunity to learn all about banking. But when you get there, you'll realize that you are part of something special because, you know, I've worked for both small banks and big banks. And don't get me wrong. I mean, big banks, they do a wonderful job, and, you know, when I'm talking about the – the mega banks. But when you get into right. a community bank, you do feel a sense of, I want to say security, but it's more of a, a you know, you're needed there. And for young right. bankers to come in and they're looking for those big dollars and want to go down on Wall Street, community banking is a different world than Wall Street. This is something that this could be a career for you. And if you do right. the right things and you perform well, this could be a nice, steady, you know, career for you that makes you feel good about what you do every day and don't yeah don't go for don't go for you know make sure you understand what you want to do and and again sometimes you get stuck and you see those dollar signs and you go okay yeah this is what i want to do and you find out that it's not so just take your time do the research really understand what you have and when you really talk about banking community banking versus you know the mega banks there's a difference but there are career advances in both of them. But just make sure you have a good understanding of, of where you are and who you are, and, and don't, don't jump all the time. Take your time and do some research and make sure you have a good feeling about it. John, when you're not at work, what kind of things do you enjoy doing away from the job? Uh, you know, I play a little golf, do a little traveling, you know, mostly to see my, my kids down in Florida. So, 
you know, I'm always working on the house and doing things outside. And it's just, you know, when you get to be my age, Jason, there's a lot of things that you can't do anymore, you know. So, but, no, I, I mean, I like to be outdoors. I like to play golf and, and just, uh, you know, just hang around and just, you know, do things around the home and, and work outside. So I'm not a very exciting person. Uh, I beg to differ. When you're, when you're driving through town, what kind of music do you enjoy? You got a favorite band, first rock concert? <laughs> first rock concert. Actually, the first concert I went to see was the Jay Giles Band in Madison Square Garden. Well, um, okay. centerfold. Uh, <laughs> Jake Alexander yeah. very well. Yeah. We got uh, we got MTV in 1982, and Jake Alexander was all over it. So yeah, I remember uh, I remember some of those videos very very well because they were very very attractive <laughs> to a young guy coming of age in those days. <laughs> Folks, his name is John Woodkowski, formerly of the NFL, now running the show, quarterbacking the team at the Independent Bankers of New York State. He's shrugging off the credit union cornerbacks. He's trying to avoid the big defensive linemen, which are the regulators and all the guys trying to bring them down, and he's doing a great job. He's going to throw a 40-yard dime for a touchdown because that's what he does. John, you've been an absolute delight, and thank you so much for joining us on the Power Performance Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jason. Really appreciate it. Oh, what, a, what a great guy. What a great guy. And yes, after the interview, I had about 6,000 questions for John pertaining to the National Football League. After keeping him on the phone for about 72 hours, his attorneys finally issued me a restraining order, and so we had to cut the call short. No, I think I'd love to have him back to talk about his career in football. So many great analogies that you can apply to banking, and I just really appreciate it. We do not have a great show without great guests, and this is an instant classic Again, every week, it's the show that just keeps getting better. Thank you so much for listening to The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you be the audience wanting more? If you're an independent community bank in New York State, your state association is helping you do just that. My name is Jason Dyes, and thank you so much for listening. Until next we speak, I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. 